0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Praise the Lord. All you guys who are like, can we get done early so I can get out of here? Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to get you going. Amen. But really, seriously, we've been talking about 25 gifts of Christmas uh, there's probably a million gifts that God gave us. But I'm highlighting some of the things I think that are important for us today. And we're gonna reach you guys with the love of God because God loves us, amen? Praise the Lord. So how many are excited about giving, amen? Because I'm excited about giving. I'm a giver. You guys are givers. I want you to look at Malachi chapter three and verse 10. It reads real clear and amplified. Now, why do we give? I know everybody comes in church and you guys notice. We give because we love God, but you gotta realize something. If I don't give, I can't become a better giver to other people. Amen. So giving to God teaches me that I can prosper and give to others because how many like people this week have come to me you know we had a loss and you know, we're going to talk more about stuff and how do I help? What can I do? And people started talking about financial stuff and presence and helping and being there and giving time and some people was like maybe they're like I'll show up. You know, that's what you have the power to do when you, when you have prosperity available. You know what I'm saying? You can reach in your pocket and help somebody in need. I can't help you in need if I don't have enough in my pocket. So this is why it's so important to prosper. It's not a, see, selfish people don't want to talk about prosperity. It seems like almost, yeah, thanks for sharing. Everybody share me. Yeah, share me. It's okay. It's cool. Share to Share today. It's great. But does that make sense? Like, why do I do this? I give to God, so that way I have increase to give to others. If I take care of my, the laws of giving, God will give me extra. And extra isn't just build a silo in the backyard and put it in the bank. It's, hey, you got a need? Let me help you. But I can't help you if I don't have enough. So these are the principles. So like, we see needs even this week arise, and people show up and say, I could financially contribute. Well, guess what? That's why we all got to prosper. Prosperity is not just, hey, watch me get all this stuff and watch me just basically use it on myself. That's not true prosperity. Prosperity is watch me get the stuff and then be able to be a need meter in your life. And then God gets glory. Because anytime anybody does something for the kingdom, you know who gets the praise. You know what I'm saying? You ever bless somebody? give them something, be nice, be kind, and do something kind. Men, they're like, praise the Lord. Isn't it cool just being the instrument that God can use to be like, praise God. That just felt good, don't it? Look what it says here. This is why we do it. It says, bring all your tithes, the whole tenth of your income, to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Improve me now what by it says the Lord of hosts. If i will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, you can't even have room to contain it. See what I'm saying? So you meet God's needs and his Haggai says it like this in the book of Haggai he says he says you're walking around you got a bag with holes in it you put it in one place it falls out the other well you know why he said take care of my house you take care of God's house he'll always take care of your house and that's why we give and if you don't want to give you don't have to give this is not about it this is there's no if there's ever pressure with money it's because people don't understand it there's no pressure you know I man you we give we know why we give revelation activates our giving not manipulation you know what i'm saying yeah we got a revelation of it i can't out give god he too good ain't he good how many you know god's so good ain't he good he's so good man i just want to bless you saying jesus like i want to prosper you can you imagine this you want to prosper me why you want to prosper me man because i just want to prosper you isn't that cool so I can be a blessing, amen, praise the Lord, well listen, four ways for you to give here at the church, the ushers are going to come and serve us now, check us out, the 386, it's all on the screen, see it, 386 text to give, the relevant fl.org is there, and cash app whatever's easier for you, and like I said, there's no pressure, so amen, hold your seat in your hand, and say this with me out loud, if you're giving, and if you're not giving, you can say this too, because I want mean, you know this is important, your conf- I believe your confession over your giving seals your faith for it, you know, it's like this: you take your seed and you wrap your faith around it and you sow it. Does that make sense? So if you're going to give, I wrap my faith around it. You know what I'm saying? And when you wrap your faith around it, guess what you do? You release it with a purpose. You know what I mean? I like that kind of terminology because you're, you're you're it's not just aim. You know, remember when we were all religious? We just threw a couple bucks in the bucket and we were like, yeah, bye, whatever. I don't even know. I was in the Catholic church. I was giving five bucks. I thought I was breaking records. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You some of you Catholics in here? Come on, let me get an amen. Hallelujah. You know i Right? But it's was like, you didn't know what you were doing. God says give and I'll give back. I'm now I understand principles. So what are we doing? You're releasing faith. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to prosper, to be a blessing to me so I can be a blessing in other people's lives. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all shows are going to serve you. Hallelujah! I got some points for you today in this twenty-five gifts of Christmas today. I wanted to talk to you. I've been wanting to do this, and this is just not like um, this is not just like a Christmas thing. This is a you thing. Um, I got a couple points I really want you to take. I think they're really a, the blessing. Um, I really want to tell you what I really feel. Um, we really we really keep a good spiritual climate around here, and I really think it's awesome. But I really want to start developing the relationship side of life. I really do. This next year coming up, I, I we're a really tight knit family, a, a church family. But I really, really want to maximize that next year. I really want to really build a lot of a lot of things in the ministry that can really put us together because we're doing life together, whether you realize it or not. And how many of you know when you do life with people, you got to get involved. You know, just the way it is, man. Can't do life with people and be afar. You got to be involved. And if you're not involved, you know what happens is you really miss a lot of stuff that you have in you to give to somebody else. You know, your life's like a pitcher of water, you know. You just, you just keep pouring out your life into the lives of others, and then you've changed their life, and then all the while, God just keeps pouring in your pitcher to show you how much of a help you are to other people, but God's helping us. And today, I just want to give you these, these points. They're not long. They're kind of quick, but I really want you to search your heart because I think we all have these questions. What is one of the gifts that God gave us that I think is huge this time of year? He gave us the gift of life. You can write them down. They're, they're, they're practical, but I think they're really informational. He gave me the gift of life. Don't, you know, and I think sometimes, don't ever take life for granted. You know, I know I'm not saying you do, but, man, live every minute. Live every minute of it, man, to its fullest. I say this. It's probably a, I don't even know if it's the, the. It's I, I don't know. I, I One day I heard it, I said it. Life is like this. Every minute you live it, you lose it. You already can't get it back. You can't, and you don't have enough money to buy time back. Don't squander it. Don't squander it in things you don't need to squander it in. You know what I mean? Maximize it. It might not be easy, but you can still maximize it. It might not be simple, but maximize it. Don't, don't let it slip by. It's too precious. Don't sit on the sideline of life when God wants you to get in the game. Some of the questions I think we have is this, though, when it comes to life. Jesus said it in John 10, 10. 10.9, he explains, and 10.10, 10, he explains to you, I just want you to read these scriptures because they're for you. This is the word of God for your life. It's really important. So if you write these down, just write them down. I am the gateway to enter through to experience life. So really, the only life there is to experience is the God life. Everybody outside of God doesn't really have a life. I'm just telling you, it's true. You know, like sometimes we get mad for being in God. You ever get mad for being in God, you know what I mean? Like, oh, why do I got to do, why do I got to go to church? Why do I got to do this? Why do I got to do that? It's a privilege and an honor to have the God life. Sometimes we take it for granted because we like, oh, you know, well, what's better than this life? So you got to sacrifice a little bit. Well, the world's going to cost you a whole lot more than God and the kingdom. So what else? Look at this. Enter through me and experience life. How many of you want to experience life at God's level? Freedom at God's level. And satisfaction is at God's level. But that's the life He's got for you. Look what it says. A thief, He's got one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. You know that's the enemy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance. This is God's life. I've come to give you everything and not just give it to you, give it to you in abundance. See what it says there? Dan, you expect more than you expect. And do what? Give you life in its fullness until you overflow. Isn't that cool? But here's, here's three questions I want you to ask yourself. I'm gonna give them to you in steps and orders in between that, like kind of like subtopic, like, okay, this is great. But here's a question I want to ask you about this life. He comes so people can have life in him: meaningful, purpose-filled, joyful, eternal life. We receive abundant life the moment we receive Jesus as Savior. Well, here's a question number one: why am I alive? Ever ask yourself that? Why am I here? You know what I mean? Like I think as you age, I, I told them in the morning service, you young guys got to get around some older people. Older people got wisdom of life that young people just don't have. I'm not saying young people are goofy, but you know what I'm saying? I don't care. I'm like 50. I'm looking at the 70s, 80s because I want to learn something about life. Because you know why? They'll tell you stuff. I, every time I get around you guys that are a little bit more mature in years, you know what they're telling me? Man, young man, I heard this. If I haven't heard this 100 times, I heard it 1,000. Young man? you better live your life to its fullest because you're going to blink and turn around and be standing where I'm standing. It's a blink. And I said, man, are you serious? And they go, yeah, it's a blink. You're going to blink and you're going to be right here. You're going to be 90 and blink. You're going to boom. So what's that mean? I got to figure out my purpose while I'm here. Because your purpose isn't get up, go to work, be a normal human being. You got a kingdom purpose. And you got to realize your kingdom purpose is important. But why am I alive? And then here's a big one. A lot of you feel like, my life, this is number two, my life doesn't matter. Does my life really matter? It matters. Now, a lot of times we hear this stuff and go, oh, you got to tell me this because you're the preacher, and this is where you kind of butter us up so we come back next week. No. I'm not buttering up for you to come back next week. God's got a great plan for your life. In this week. Does my life really matter? Now, look at this scripture I found because this is going to set a lot of you free. I have people in this church, and I'm going to say this, and I don't wanna, I want to be sensitive, but some of you... I have people in this church, they don't know who their father is. I got people in this church, they don't know who their mother is. I got people in this church, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, they said, I seen my dad one time in my life. It was a stupid conversation, and I figured out I didn't need him in my life, because he's going to be like, he was just out there. I got people in here, they know they don't even know who, 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 who want they were a mistake. Nobody wanted you. Literally, people looked him in the face and said, you were a mistake. Nobody wanted you. Some of you maybe don't have that experience, but you know what I'm saying. Does my life really matter? How many people have heard this? You're a mistake. Nobody wanted you. You're, 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 I called them into morning service. You're a passion baby. You know what I mean by that? Somebody just got together and did their thing, and blah, 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 blah. But I got news for you. Nobody's a mistake. Everybody matters. And I want you to see this because a lot of you think, well, you know, maybe that's me. It's not you because look what Jesus said about you. Because I love this. Pop that up there, man. This is so good. This John scripture is going to say, no, you, now listen to me. I didn't write the Bible. Okay? I'm just reading it. If you want to accept it, you're smart. If you reject it, that's on you. But that ain't none of my business. Look what Jesus said about you. But to those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given authority to become the children of God. I'm okay with that. That's cool. But check out what he says here. He, he was not born by the joining of human parents of natural means, or by a man's desire. See that? But was born of God. Now watch this. Keep going. This thing's, this thing's gonna help you see it. He was a living expression and became what? Woo, he became, I need it in King James. John 1, 12 in King James. This is good, But And so a living expression became a man and lived among us, and we gazed upon him in the splendor of his glory. But I want you to read it in King James because it reads more solid than that. It reads. It reads like this. He says, you're not born of human will. Now, you're going to see this, King James better. But as many as received him, look at this. To them, he gave the power to be what? Sons of God, even them that believe in his name. Now, watch this. Keep going. Which were born. Now, who's he talking about? He's talking about you. Which were born not of blood. Well, obviously, you were born of blood. You're a human being. But he said, blood didn't originate your creation. I did. Watch this. Nor of the will of flesh. Now watch this. He says the will of flesh nor the will of man. Two different things. You know what a flesh, that's a flesh baby. That's a passion baby. Oh, nobody wanted you. Oh, you're a mistake. Oh, baloney. Give me a break. Stop believing lies about yourself. That's not the truth. Because look what it says in the Bible. Nor of the will of man. But how did you get here, baby? But a God. I was a God playing. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been playing by God. Look at my neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Come on. You know it's coming out. Touch your neighbor. Say, come on. Touch your neighbor and tell him what. You know it's coming out. I'm going to get buck wild in here if you do not amen me once in a while. Because I'm going to preach to myself, get myself. Reese knows. Reese's feeling it. She's smiling. She goes, he's going to go wild. I'm going to stand on a chair. I promise you. I told you I wasn't, but it's your fault. Because you people in the church need to agree with me a little bit. And all you people that brought somebody, if I was you and you get nervous, get nervous. You better say amen. amen. Good. Because I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to get myself there. You were born a God. You weren't born a man. You weren't born of somebody's idea. Mommy and daddy didn't plan you. God planned you. Now what? You don't think I'm kidding? Watch this. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's what he's talking about. Jesus. He was planned. You were planned. Nobody's a mistake. You got a purpose. You got a calling. You got a place in the earth because God put you here. Your mom and dad didn't wake up one day and go, oh, planned parenting. Let's do this. No. No. God put that idea inside of them and created you. And I got some of you. Some of you are a little wild, you know, like, wow, that was a mistake. No, I got news to you. God took some people in there and put them together just so you can get here. Come on, somebody. You got to flip the script. I want you to flip the script and see the other side of this thing. Well, you're like, well, I was a mistake. No, you were God's idea. The p- see, God used some goofy people on the earth. God, now some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you got normal homes. Some of you got whacked out homes. Trust me, I know you. Right? And you're like, well, these people. No, 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 no. God took some goofy people. And put them goofy people together just for you. Come on, somebody. You better get, ah, uh, you don't want to hear me today. You better amen me a lot better than you meant me. You better amen me a lot. So take a run. Matthew took a run. Come on, somebody take a run around here. Listen, look, you see what I'm saying? I was planned. You've been planned. So would God put you in the plan and not have a purpose for you? Come on, man. You got a purpose that's great or you wouldn't be here. You got a plan that's great, or you wouldn't be here. You got a dream so big inside of you, or you wouldn't be here. God don't make no mistakes. God don't make no duplicate. He got you for a reason here. He needs you to do what it is you need to do. Come on. That's why you're here. So I, I know life ain't easy. Like, God, oh, I don't know. Do I matter? You matter. Everybody say, I, I matter. I matter to God. And I matter to people. It's true. Because watch this. If you're not careful, is there a purpose for my life? Is there a purpose? Do I have a purpose? Yeah, you do. You want to know when you made your greatest mistakes in life? When you didn't realize you had a purpose. I took a test the other day. Pastor Liz was with me. I stink at tests. Oh, my God. I hated school. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God. So they put the test in front of me. And she was with me. It was like I don't know some aptitude thing. And like, do you think you're great? I said, I'm gonna fail this joker. <laughs> Every I didn't even I probably I, I, I didn't even answer truthfully. Probably you know the thing because I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna come out so full of myself. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm awesome. I think I'm wonderful. I think not because of me, because God's in me. You know what I'm saying? It's like it was a loaded question and answer. I'm like, do you think you're great? Yeah. I think I'm great. You don't think you're great? I, I'm great because the greater one lives in me. I'm living through the word. I'm not living through my mind. Me and myself, I know I can do nothing, but me and God, we could do anything. Do I, always feel, do I always feel great? No, but I teach myself I'm great. You know, do you, do you see yourself, you know, as confident, bold as a lion, amen? Come on, why? Not because of my ability. You know, somebody came to me in the church, and they just got blessed out of their mind. And, and it's a job, and he's probably watching the kid. He's a great kid. He was like, oh, my God, you don't even realize how much I have to manage this. thing." I said, no. I said, remember this. I said, if it's in front of you, you can handle it. And here's the best news. Can you do it by yourself? He said, absolutely not. I said, then you're the man for the job. Because the problem with that is if you could handle everything that showed up in your life, you wouldn't lean on God. You'd think it was you. I can get through this. You know what I say? I like to see how we're going to pull this one off, God. You just been like that? Yeah, ever, ever just been like that? I like, this. like, you ever do like this? Yeah, I got it. I don't know how you're going to do this, bro. <laughs> never did one of those with God before? You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, can you handle it? And you're all, bull, yes, we, ha- we got it. And you leave, and you get in the car, and you're driving, and you really, you shows up like, oh, my God. How the heck are we going to get out of this? God Almighty, how are we going to do this? You ever do that? God, how are you going to fix this mess? And he just shows up. And he produces power to change your life. Come on, you see it? You're not alone. If you can handle it, you wouldn't need God. That's why he brings big things to people who realize they serve a big God. You see it? Don't get intimidated by it. Embrace it and go on the journey and see him be God. Why? Because your life matters. You got a purpose, you got a plan. God's got something for you. Now, here's one of the things he did. He gave, you the, he gave you this gift. I like this. I got number two. You ready for number two? Yep. Number two gift is this. He gave you the ability. This is so good. I thought this was really good. He gave you the gift of a restored soul. He wants to put your life back together. People have damaged our soul. It's true. People left you. People that were supposed to love you. It's true. Everybody in this room has got a story, man. Somebody was supposed to love you forever. They didn't. Somebody walked out. Somebody quit loving you. Somebody. We got stories. Every area of your life, something happens, right? Something could happen in your area where your, your thinking's not, you know, or something like, your, your, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, you know? So sometimes your mind, you just feel like, man, my mind's just bombarded with thoughts sometimes that seem to be just, they need to just be eradicated, but guess what? God is gonna restore your mind. He's gonna give you new memories. He's gonna give you new plans. He's gonna give you new purposes. He gives you new ideas, God does it, so you can't do it on your own. Why? Because your mind. You Got to realize this too. Your emotions need to be fixed. Yeah. You know, we just went through some loss here at the church, and a lot of you know what's going on, and you know we're going to talk more about it. But when you, I, I, see these. You go through this emotional roller coaster of you're you're, you're hurt and you're sad and you're, you're angry and you go through all these emotions in like a whirlwind. In minutes, you're 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 okay and you're not, and life knocked the wind out of you. You don't know how to breathe and. Then you could breathe and you can get it together. It's almost you got to laugh about it, otherwise you'd probably freak out internally, and your emotions are like every every second they're changing, and you don't know you don't know how to find stable. And it's like life knocked the wind out of you. You've been there, and God gave you the strength to overcome that because you can't do it in your own man. I can't. There's no way without His grace, you know. You know we we were singing this song about grace, you know, and we understand that God's grace is greater than the situation in front of me. But man, I'll tell you what. Sometimes just life isn't fair. But God put that back together. And how many of you know sometimes your will, your will doesn't really want to go in the direction sometimes God planned for your life, but you can't really have your will and have God's will, so you learn how to surrender. You know, because you got to surrender, but his plan's better than yours, I promise. You know? But sometimes i got a purpose. So he restored my soul. You know, the Bible says he leads me by the path that's peace. That's kind of cool, ain't it? because he's the only one that can restore your soul cuz people damage people you've been you're damaged and you know why we're damaged sometimes is this we don't have a right internal picture of who you really are somebody's got to tell you who you are it's okay cuz the word tells you who you are but you got to believe it and he can do it i'm not saying like everybody's got some sob story you know they're walking through but how many know it? all of us need a renewed soul i can't do it on my own i got to i got to change some images in my mind how about you i got to change some pictures of the past and get some new pictures on the inside of my head. i got to get some new emotional responses because I go to places I don't need to go and sometimes when I go there, it doesn't really help me. Who gave me the power to overcome that? God. Without God, you can't. It's a gift. He said, I lead you. You know Psalm 20? I lead you beside the still water. You know what's funny? I, I, I like this. He says, I take you through death's valley and I restore you. I thought that caught me, man, Death's Valley. You ever just feel like you walked through the middle of hell? Come on, everybody in this room could say amen. You ever feel like you walked through the middle of hell, but you kept walking through? Come on, somebody. Come on, God's been faithful when you didn't see how he could be faithful. God was good when you didn't know how he was going to be good. God was supernatural when you didn't know how he was to And some of you say, I got out. Well, don't take the credit. God got you out. You might have thought it was you, but God's working on you before you got here. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just got to be like, I got out. No, you didn't get out. He guided you out. Amen? Why is that so important to realize? Look what it says in Psalm, and, and Psalm 23, 2 in the Passion. We're going to read 2 and 3. Because I want you to see where he's trying to take you in the arena of your soul. Because here's the thing, when you ask yourself, does God really care about me? He does. He does. In Psalm 23, you're going to see this, verse 2 and 3, you see how much God cares about you. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. Now this is God, man. What, what translation is that? It's the Bible, man. It just overexpounds what they wrote. Just read it. It makes sense. It makes it easy. Next time you wonder, am I all alone? Did God forget about me? He's got a place for me to go rest in his luxurious love. Come on. His, his tracks take me. He left you a track. He got a path. You know, you ever follow Tracks. I remember when I was a kid, you know, you'd be, you know, we were in New Jersey, it snowed there, you know, and sometimes, you know, you'd be doing stuff outside, you know, Billy knows what I'm talking about, living in Michigan, you know, and you're like, man, your buddies would all disappear, I was like, I know where those jokers are, you can see their footprints all through the snow, those jokers ain't hiding, Hi, we used to throw snowballs at one another, you know, and we used to throw snowballs at cars too, my mother was loving that, did you know I was doing that? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know what you, you, know you would have got mad about was hanging on the bumpers and riding up the street. You ever do that? You used to call it skitching. You used to go back in there. And one time I got on a UPS truck. Man, that was a ride because they got those handles, you know. Woo! Skiing now. I could tell all this stuff now. She's, so I'll get in trouble on the way out. And so I, I probably, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Amen. He, Robert, lighten up, will you? <laughs> He's tracks. I'm confessing my sin. Let's confess. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. <laughs> His tracks take me to an oasis of peace. So where is God taking me? To an oasis of peace and the quiet quiet brooks of bliss. That's God's idea, man. He's taking you to a perfect place, quiet place, easy place. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He loves you. He's helping you. He's there for you. You ever get mad? Where are you, God? It's like, I'm in the quiet, blissful brook. Where are you at? (laughs) I'm freaking out. Well, follow me to the path of quiet blissfulness. Oh God, where are you? You ever been at the pool just lounging, you know, just chilling at the beach, real quiet, nice. You got the all oh, you hear is the crashing ocean, and then some big old loudmouth come over there screaming about ah! You're like, oh my God, I'm quiet on the beach. I know some of you are thinking, Pastor Chris, do you like that? No, I'm quiet. I just put the ear things in and go. I'm like, where you come from? You're messing up my blissfulness. That's what I'm going to tell people from now. You go down the road over there with all the, uh, all the people that are cranked up. I'm in blissful state of oasis of love and peace. Yeah. This is my circle. Yeah. My circle. my circle. Ask somebody before they come into your circle. Are you blissful in an oasis of peace? Because <laughs> otherwise we're not going to be able to cohabitate today. You're going to have to go somewhere else. Because I'm really in a blissful state of mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? And God's like that. And here you come. God, you're freaking out. God's like, no, you stay over there. You stay over there because I'm at the quiet, blissful brook. That would be a really nice resort. What where, where resort are you going to? Quiet, blissful brook with music playing in the background. The Broadmoor. Quiet, blissful brook. No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. God's trying to take you to peace, and you staying over there in turmoil. He leads you to the path. You ain't going to find that path without the gift. Without the gift of restoring your life. He going, what's that mean? He's restoring everything you broke. Oh, you better hear me now. He's restoring all those jacked up years and nonsense you were in. Mm, Come on. He's restoring those years you didn't serve him. He's restoring those years you turned the other cheek and ran the other way and didn't follow God. He's restoring everything. Why? Because he's the only one that can restore your soul. Nobody else can do it. So stop looking at those years of broken and notice he put you back together because he restored you. And don't live in a place of brokenness because you don't have to, because restoration of soul means this your whole entire wanting nothing today. Find the path, and you ain't got to do 20 years of rehab in yourself to undo what you did. He could do one minute in his presence and change your life forever. Get a revelation that God has got me. Amen. He restored me, he renewed me, he made me well, he made me whole. Come on, somebody. Did you pull that in? It's true. I don't care if you believe it or not, it's true. Now, the only way to get it to work for you is you got to believe it. How about this? Number three. He gave you the gift of prayer. Man, I like that one. Man, it's a gift. Anytime I got a need because of what Jesus did, I can pray. Now, some of you say, I don't know how to pray. Here's my prayer life. Hey, God, I got a problem. Can you do that? Don't you have to be fancy with your prayers? Because we come from that fancy praying place. Oh, God. I remember this one time. We went to this meeting. Oh, my God in heaven. I'm still making fun of this dude talk about taking coals and bringing them from the fire and touch my lips. And I was like, what in the world did he say? Pastor Liz went. It was a great meeting. I was like, what did the dude say? I don't even know what he still said to this day. He's like, oh, holy father in heaven, go to the coals. You know, I think he was talking about Isaiah said, you know, take the coal off the altar and put it on my lips. And he prayed his eloquent prayer. I'm still talking about it 20 years later. You could tell it was eloquent. I was like, my prayer life stinks compared to you. I'm like, God, take that coal and burn my enemies. Instead of putting that joker on my lips, put it on their head. That's my kind of prayer. I thought I wasn't saved. Chris, I repented on the way out. I was like, that, my prayers are garbage, man. This joker's el- Oh, holy fire. He was deep too. I had to think, oh, almighty God in heaven, touching the earth, and take the flame off the altar of God and touch my lips. Let me, oh God, He prayed all this prayers big. I'm like, oh my God, I'm probably not saved compared to that. But here's my prayer. Like, hey, God, I got a problem. Fix it. Hey, God, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Help me. Hey, God, I'm jacked up. Hey, God, give me, God, you gave me these kids. I know they're a blessing, but figure out where they're at a blessing because right now they ain't blessing me. All right? (laughs) They may bless you. They drop me up a wall. How do I hang on? Here's my my prayer in the car all alone. God, I'm going to hurt somebody. It's going to happen. If you put me in therapy right now, all those pictures are me taking a hammer and smacking somebody. What do you see with this beautiful butterfly? I see me smacking you in the head with a bat. That's what, are y'all lying, church, and God knows your heart, and y'all should repent, and even you visitors trying to act cute, like, we're not going to say that. I know you. I am you, right? What do you see? I see me in Trakovic hitting everybody's car with my car like a video game, because nobody can drive in Florida, because all you Floridians need to take a driving test, okay? Because you still ain't figured out this, left lane is fast, right lane is slow. Did you get it yet? Did you get it? Did you get it? Have you figured it out? And all you people that stay in that fast lane, I'm cutting you off. I don't really care. I'm going to go around you. I ain't even using my direction. I'm going to whip you right in there, and then you hit your brake. I don't care what you do. God will forgive you. Figure it out. Forgive you, forgive me, forgive somebody. And by the way, for all the Floridians, it is, pay attention to me. I love you. God bless you. I am one now. I've been here longer. When the ambulance is going, pull to the side of the road. What are these people, Stupid. These people are stupid. You cannot get away with that in any other state. They're like following the ambulance. Like, you gotta be a thousand feet back. Go to, take the test. Everybody in this state needs to retake the test. And some of you people need your eyes examined. I'm not gonna mention your name, but you need to go put the little thing E. No, D. No, flip it up back and front. Something wrong with you. You can't see that? Okay, now I'm done. Right? Where what point are we putting we at? Why aren't you paying attention? What? Well, yeah, you don't even know. You ain't got no notebook. Ask Janelle, she'll know. Come on, See no prayer. See, I told you, he he got to get it right. Prayer, I got to pray. Why? Just to live in this state. No, come on. Listen what. Look at Hebrews 4.14. I love you. Passion translation. Look what it says. It's true. We need to pray. We got needs. He gave me the gift of prayer. Now, let me tell you what you do with God. You start your day, hey, God, you do not pray in a closet. You know what I'm saying? He's talking about quiet and intimate, but you gotta pray in the go, man. Open the day with God and say, God, today we're keeping an ongoing conversation. Hey man, I'm overwhelmed. Hey, I need some help. Hey, I need some help. hey God, I need some grace. I need some family strength. Come on, I need some. Look what it says right here. Look what it says in the Bible. Look what it says here. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. For we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the son of God, who he rose from the dead food. He rose into the heavenly realm for us. He sympathizes with our frailty. Now think of that. Amen. Nobody sympathizes with your frailty, but God does. Amen. What are there? Come on, what do people, come on. You ever been weak in front of people a little bit? You know what I'm saying? They don't understand you. Your spouse doesn't understand you. Nobody understands you, but God understands you. You understand it? Look at that. All in wonder. No, we don't want that. We're the other one. <laughs> that was just bad. Come on. He's I'm just kidding. Come on. I got to have fun. He sympathizes with our frailty. God does. He knows. He knows what you're going through. So why don't you tell him about it? Well, I can handle it. That's pride. Just say it's a little overwhelming. That's not weakness. When you tell God it's not weak. When you tell God, you're just looking for help. Look what it says in 15. Now read this and saw. He understands humanity. He understands you. This high priest king you got, he was tempted just like we were, but he conquered every sin. Now look what this says as you keep going. This stuff is really So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned. Man, love is there, man, waiting for you. Love, man. Love doesn't Love doesn't You know, you know what love does? Go read love, love. Love doesn't get mad. Love doesn't get angry. Love doesn't boil over jealous. Love, love isn't fretful. Love isn't touchy. Love's waiting for you. Love's got its arms wide open, waiting for you to come in. You gotta believe that. That's what the Bible said. What yeah. it said? It says this. and watch this. Read this. You're gonna love this, Mr. G. To receive. Love is enthroned you, and when you get there, you're gonna receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need. Man, mercy's waiting to kiss you when you come into his presence. Woo! Are you getting this or what? You know what that means? You, you know what mercy is? Do you know what mercy is? Somebody paying the ransom for your mistake. So when you go in there and say, hey, I'm coming in, that's that blood sitting on that mercy seat saying you're okay. But I'm a jacked up. Nah, you're good with my book. But I messed up. You know what I did? God's like, no, it's cool. The blood covered it. You come in there like that, you ain't going to want to sin no more, bro. You start going, who, what? Covered? Mercy's going to kiss you the minute you come into his presence. And just when accusation comes against you, you know what it's going to say? Can't put it on him because the blood took it off him. Man, ain't that good? good. Don't that make you... Why does he tell you mercy's waiting there to kiss you? Because you ain't going to come into the presence of God when you need him the most. Because you don't feel qualified. You don't feel valuable. You don't feel like you can. You feel like God's waiting for you. He ain't waiting for you. The only thing he's waiting for you with is love and mercy. Come on, ain't that good? He's waiting for you. That's a gift. I can't get that without being saved. That's a gift Jesus gave me. What other gift did Jesus give me? I should have called it that, the gifts Jesus gave me. Look, I got two more. This was a big one, too. He gave you the gift of belonging to a family that will last forever. Man, we are in the family of God. And I, really, I was watching something the other day. I just told him, I, I, I caught this thing real quick. Rick Warren, he's got back The church is huge. He's a great communicator, great guy. I, lo- I mean, he's a really brilliant man he was talking about testimonies within the church and he had these people and he said this story and it was really good and I watched this thing for a minute because I didn't, I didn't know what it was about and I wanted to watch it because I seen it, it was very interesting to me. So he came in here and he had these people, they have been in the church for the existence of the church, maybe it's 30 years and he said, he said this, he said, I got them saved, they, they, they came in lost, he said, I got them saved, husband and wife, they were both Catholic, I think, they got saved and he goes, I water baptized them they started becoming members of, They stood with the church for a long time. And then they left the church. And he was cool with it. He understood. They left the church for a season. And then he said, the husband gets on. He's testifying. While he's testifying, he says, he said, what made you come back? He was talking about, you know, he was talking about just like the history of the church. And he said, "What?" so Pastor Rick asked the guy, he goes, what made you come back? And he said, well, I got diagnosed with, with a really rare debilitating cancer. And he goes, I, I didn't know what to do. And he said these words, and I want you to remember this. He said, I remember how the church was prayerfully and strengthfully there for you when you went through things in life, and we came back home. Man, that exploded inside of me to be like, wow. You, 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 the guy's right there. So he's like, this is what happened to me. He's like, he's like, so why'd you go back? He was just asking questions. He says, I got this diagnosis. It was really bad. And he said, I didn't know what to do. And I was in this church. And he said, and what I remembered, he said these words. He said, I remembered this. I remembered how the church prayed for you, Pastor Rick, was there for you when you went through your greatest need. And the love and support you received from the family of God is what brought us back. And I said, man, you know what? What a testimony to have. Because you do life together. Who are you doing life with, man? This is the thing that we have to realize is that you got to start doing life with the people that believe what you believe. And this is what everybody gives you. Well, you know, I don't know where I fit in. Make yourself fit in. Fine, fine, because well, this is our tribe. Comes in all different shapes, sizes, colors, boy, girl, this, that. Comes in all different ways. But this is the family of God. And you got to get in a family that, that's caring about you. Because we can't do this thing alone. You got something to give to one another, and God has given us the gift of being in a family that lasts forever. Because this, this thing ain't over. And you know the funny thing about family is, you don't always get along with them jokers. <laughs> but you're stuck with them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? right? Hey, some of you don't believe it, wait till next Saturday. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. And I don't know why God, I think it was kind of like, I think it was a little evil for God to put all these things together all at once. Right? It's like, geez, we just, we almost killed one another in Thanksgiving, now Christmas is coming. Oh, my God. And then you get through that, you're like, oh, my God, if we make it through New Year's, praise be to God, hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, you will, but... You know what I'm saying? It's like how in the heaven? Why you got to put them all together? You should have spread them out like one in February, one in July, and one in like December. We would have lived. Got them all together all in like two months. Like, God, was that an idea, a test, or whatever? I'm just laughing. It was funny. You should have laughed. It was a good joke. If you didn't like it, come back next week. My material will be better. I'll probably be standing on chairs. All right. So does he stand on chairs? I don't know. Ask him on the ride home. So he gave you the ability to pray. He gave you the opportunity to pray and he gave you the opportunity to get into his presence. He gave you the opportunity to have a family. You're going to be closer to your church family than you probably will your natural biological family. It's true. Somebody somebody in this family has filled a spot in your life that other people haven't been designed to. So what what are you going to be lacking by not getting involved is something you need. And you don't even know you need it. That's the thing about a gift of the family. And the last one is this He gave you the gift of forgiveness. Man, that's huge. The family of God thing's big. I really want to push that this year for us. Like, you got, what I learned was this I can't, you won't even come to me with your stuff, but you'll go to come to one another with it. Wow. And I'm okay with that because I can't be everything to everybody, but somebody in here can. And that's how I learned it. I seen, Guys that had kids older than me and stuff, younger, they all, they all connect and they minister one to another. That's why you gotta be in the family of God. It's not some a religious event. It's a spiritual place you need to get to because you need one another to do life together. That's why we call it, it's life-giving. Something's gonna miss in your life if you don't start giving your life to the family of God because you fill it up. It's important, man. Relationships are huge. Relationships are the currency of the earth. And I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna say this, this is where older people and people that have wisdom really understand this. You better start building a really good relationship group now. Cause you're gonna need people later on in life. And if you don't have those relationships developed, you're gonna turn around and ain't gonna be nobody standing there, man. I'm telling you, man, it's time. I I I I got relationship currency figured out now. You need them, man. We just went through a season right now where we're seeing people go through need that's massive. And if it's not, it's not, you know, it's not gonna be flesh and blood doing this thing it's going to be the family of God. You see that? And if you don't have that, I watched it. You need to build relationships today that you could carry with you into the future. They're important. They're valuable. They're more priceless than diamonds because you got to have people later on. You do. I'm telling you, man. You better start building some good. If you don't have good relationships, go get some. Like-minded people believe what you believe. And some of you need to get rid of these ding-dong friends you got that all they do is want to party and act a fool and take you down Play. You don't need to go down them roads. What do you got these people for? If they making you like them, if you, look. I look. I'm not being mean. I got lost friends and I'm down with it. But I ain't hanging out with them. I could be hanging a little bit, but I ain't. Let's go hang out now, nah, bro. No way. Why? Because you might take me to road I don't want to be on. As long as I'm driving, I know where I'm going. If you're driving, you could take me anywhere you go. I ain't letting you drive. I'm driving. Some of you get. Let's just get in the car and go. No, no, no. That ain't. That's your life. You gotta know where you're going. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Get some people around you believe about God. Here, how do I know who they are? If you can't talk about God around these people, you need to get some new friends. Why are you talking about God for? I'm not saying you got jamming down your throat, but you know what I'm saying? Pray. You, if you got to worry about praying over the food, you need new friends. Hey, let me get, hey look, let me give you the five. I'm going to give you five sarnoisms right now, okay? Number one, if you can't mention God, you need new friends. Two, you can't pray over the food, you need new friends. Three, you can't go to church with them, you need new friends. Come on. Four, I'll leave that for next week. <laughs> but, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? You got if it's going to cause a fight talking about God, you need new friends. Yep. Look, you want to know why? You don't want to give up God for nobody. You don't want to compromise friendship, but you can't let friendship compromise God. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I like that. You like that? I like it, too. That's why you're my friend. <laughs> you know what the last one was? Gave you the gift of forgiveness. Man, I need to be forgiven. How about you? Now, let me show you something about forgiveness. Evil people in the world have done evil things to people because they're evil. Let me tell you something about people. God, God loves everybody, but he don't like everybody. Because evil people, God ain't thrilled with. And it's not. Because people go do evil things to people say, oh, God loves them. People doing evil things God don't love. He loves the person, but he ain't loving the actions. So God is the one who brings judge, judgment and justice, not you. So what God did was this. He gave me a bunch of forgiveness, so I receive it, and I forgive people. It's not easy, but you can do it. So you got all this forgiveness, forgive. Okay? One, why is it a gift? Because you can't do it on your own. There's no way. It's impossible. You cannot forgive it's a blessed gift of God for you. Why? Because you got to remember this. Forgiveness enables us to overcome our own sins, flaws, and weaknesses, and ignore those of others. That's good stuff. Right? Forgiveness enables us to overcome my own sins, my own flaws, my own weaknesses, and ignore those of others. Forgiveness is truly a great gift from God. Christianity basically has given you the ultimate measure in value and virtue of forgiveness. It reveals the character trait of being forgiven and understanding the the, the the primary feature of Jesus' character and God's very person is forgiveness. So have you ever really thought about forgiveness? What it means? Do you think you gotta earn it? Do you think you have a sinful nature that can't overcome it? Forgiveness is at the heart of your relationship with Christ, through the forgiveness won for us on the cross, we are part of God's family. It's an amazing gift we receive through God. Here, we understand that we've been transformed, not because of what we've done, because of what he's done for us. Forgiveness, man. He gave it to you. Receive it. First, we're going to talk about this, because this morning I felt it and I feel it again. you got to forgive yourself. Because you you've done a lot of stuff you like to be forgiven of. Forgive yourself. And then after you forgive yourself, some of you gotta forgive some people. It's okay. It's a gift. I told you, not everybody in the world's great, but God's giving you the power to forgive, and it's up to you whether you're gonna forgive. How about a gift? When you get a gift, you gotta open it. You know what I'm saying? And then you sometimes some some it's kinda like, you know what? This is good. You gotta re gift that gift. You know what I'm saying? You gotta give it away again. Man, that's pretty good. Somebody tweet that. You gotta re gift one gift, the gift of forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? Like you got it, like it ain't my style, man. I'm gonna give that to Addison. Praise God. Here you go. You know, you know what I'm saying? You got it and he gave it to you, but you gotta give it away. You can't just hold it and say, Oh, I'm forgiving, but I'm not gonna forgive you. I ain't how that one works. God said, I forgive you, you gotta forgive them. But you gotta forgive yourself first. Come on, stand up on your feet. Listen. I want you to realize this. I really felt this strong in the morning. I feel it now. You got to forgive yourself, man. Take time today to forgive yourself. Okay. And what do I mean by that? Look, I haven't been the greatest parent. I haven't been the greatest. I'm just being transparent. I haven't been the greatest parent. I'm doing the best I know how. I haven't been the greatest spouse. I haven't been the great. i tell you one thing I haven't been. I haven't been the greatest friend. I haven't been the greatest pastor. I I, I, I really do, man. I so I think like this sometimes. It's not bad, but sometimes I haven't been the greatest pastor. There's people, I, there's things that slip by me I didn't even think of. Crazy. You gotta forgive yourself sometimes. I'm not I'm human. There's there's phone calls I should have made, things I should have did, people I should have called, places I should have been. I'm being transparent. Maybe you don't I'm not I'm not jacked up in my soul. I'm just being transparent. There's phone calls I should have been, gravesides I should have stood longer at. Stuff I should have did that was, it's triage, man. My life's like, if you're not dying, sometimes it's a lot. So I do the best you can, and sometimes you miss it. And I thought about, I reflect. I read these sermons. I don't just roll and get the sermon, and I go, I reflect in it. I sit in it, and I go, man, I'm not the greatest pastor in the earth. I'm doing the best I can. So what I did is I forgave myself, and I'm trying to become even more. Why? Because you can't. Like I pray for you. I prayed for you all week because I knew you were going through. I prayed for you the minute I heard. I prayed for you because I knew I should have picked. How many phone calls can you make? There's certain things I know. I know this week's going to be big for you. I know it is. You're going to restore. Your family's going to be restored. Ricky, you might think, I don't. if I don't see, I need your number. The other day I was thinking of you. I was like, I need his number. Where's he at? I was walking around. I saw something. I'm like, you get what you, you got people in your life. Some of you, I don't know your names. I know your face. And I'll pray and I'll do and I'll try. But guess what? I don't know he's doing great. i I probably there's probably there's probably times I've been insensitive to your needs and not even known it. It's you're human. You telling me you're 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 the best friend? Come on, man. There's people in here who so self-sacrifice their life, it literally, it's literally, it's literally challenging to just really realize how much you need to to just grow. You know what I'm saying? Don't you think like that? If you don't, you should. Not beat yourself up, but go, hey, you know what? I I forgive me. I haven't been the best husband. Have you? I've been the best father. I'm trying. I mean, you know, you guys working 90 hours a week, you're trying to do it. You know, I get it. But sometimes when you go back to that quiet place in your head, you're like, the kids just want to play with you. You think, I got to put food on the table. But that extra second, you just take another minute and say, wait a minute, stop, let me pause. You need me right now. Let me put everything on hold. Just for a minute. You need me. I'll be here. Man, you learn, you grow with God. He's so good. And look, man, this doesn't beat you up. This is fill you up. We're getting better, man. We're a team. We're a team. Maybe I missed a minute, but I'm not going to miss a lifetime. Maybe there's things, you know, it's going to be okay. Cause we're growing, Amen. and we're getting better, and that makes tomorrow. You know what that means? I'm going to be a better dad, and you're going to be a better moms, and you're going to be a better husband, and you're going to be a better even work, right? Somebody at work's going, man, I'm going to be a better boss. I'm going to be a better employee. I'm going to be just go to the next level. God's giving me ability to be conscious, but sometimes you know what I do? I'm just running. It's like a vapor man, just moving. So what do you do? Hey, you know what? You forgave me. I gotta forgive me. Cause sometimes there's stuff inside there you don't even know is in there. You gotta just get it out. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pray for you. Just say I forgive. I forgive me. We're gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for you. And then Pastor Liz is gonna lead you to the Lord. But I'm gonna say I forgive me. You what? You know what? Some of you were jacked up for decades of your life with your kids or stuff and like or stuff. And I'm not just calling nobody out. I'm just saying, man, you're. Sh- I was. I was. I got people in here who were so high for a decade, bro. They don't even know what was going on. I had a dude that was high. The one guy came out of the woods. He was like, I was high from 85 to 95. I don't remember any of it. I talked to his mother in Oklahoma and called. Remember Rick? I called his mother. She said he was high for 15 years. Every time I talked to him, he was stoned out of his mind living in the woods. I said, he got saved. God, I was like. Dude, bro, it's a miracle, right? And I'm going, how can you stay high that long? You know you know what I'm saying. They just, they, yeah, they just stay. And then one, one day he woke up and came, and and I said, man, he was beating him. I said, bro, you're here today. You're in today. Forget about yesterday. I, I can't do nothing about a minute ago. Cut it out. Don't let. What did I tell you? Listen, I'm done. All the past flaws, mistakes, whatever, try to do is they're fugitives of the past trying to find entrance into your future and rob you of time. Don't go there. Put up a sign. Not going there. It's done. I can't do nothing about yesterday, but I'll sure tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to flip tomorrow. I'm going to make it the best life. I'm going to be the best I can be. I'm going to be the best. God, help. Get up in the morning. Say, God, help me. Help me see what I don't see. Know what I don't know. Do what I can't do. Be what I'm supposed to be. And you know what? People alongside. Come on. I'm going to come alongside you. You can do it. 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 Get in an atmosphere where can-do people live. You can do this. You can. With you All things are possible, God. Come on. Get in that can-do mentality. Get around the fire. Because once you touch the fire, baby, you can't live in the smoke. Come on. you got to stay hot. Stay where it's burning. Keep moving forward. You know what to do. But first thing I want you to do is close your eyes. Just forgive you. Let's say it together. It felt good. I did it at 9 o'clock. I'm probably living in it now. Just say this. Say, God, Father, I forgive me. Now, think about that. I forgive me. I forgive me. Just say it. I forgive me. You just say, I forgive me. What are you forgive? Forgiving those years you fight and arguing about stupid stuff with your spouse? Forgive me. Do You just say, forgive me. I'll tell you what you're forgiving about. I, I wasn't what I was supposed to be. I was this. I was that. I couldn't do this. Couldn't do that. I was aloof. I was gone. Whatever. I forgive me. forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. I, say it out loud strong. I forgive me right now. And the blood of Jesus seals it. In Jesus' name, Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home.